Yo guys, and welcome to our first dedicated gaming and anime session, podcast, whatever you want to call it. I'm your host, and I'm solo. It's Ghost. Yeah, let's just get right into it. Uh, Dragon Ball fans, it's been a very good, promising year for, for Dragon Ball fans. With the release of Dragon Ball Fighters, which is a video game, uh, a fighting game. With the finale of Super, with Kamehakan. It's been a huge year and apparently they don't plan on stopping because we have Dragon Ball Legends. Which is another fighting game that's coming out for your mobile device. Now I've checked this game out. It's pretty cool. It represents... It displays that of a fighting game on your mobile device. There's PvP. There's a story mode. It's basically... If you've ever played Dokkan Battle, it's basically that, except you're actually fighting instead of, you know, stand there spamming one action. Now, the, the closed beta, betas 1 and 2, uh, are up, and there is a way for you to get the game right now. However, I'm going to wait because they lose those accounts regardless, so everyone has to start from scratch anyways. But we do have information that the release date is possibly going to be with in June. I'm not sure what whether early June or mid June. I do speculate, you know, something in the teens though. Which is super exciting. Another fighting game, another Dragon Ball game. And you know th- this one can put a lot of time into it if you don't have a console. You can still be a part of like the Dragon Ball community. You don't have to like buy fighters if you can't afford it or if you can't get to a place to play it. Now you have it on your phone. With that, we move on to fighting game that has been out for a while. Dragon Ball Fighters. Now... I had made a 15 minutes before I ended the series entirely about how I felt about the upcoming balance patch that has been live for for maybe a week or two now. And my initial thoughts were it was terrible for 16 players because they took away a lot of his kit and you can recover from a lot of his kit. And they took away some of his uh, invincibility or armor properties. And now that I've played it for a couple of weeks and have adjusted to the patch, I don't think it's that bad. It's definitely, you can definitely feel 16 being weak. However, he's weak from a distance. If you get up close, you can still apply 
constant 16 pressure. And with practice, you can really just play 16 the way he was before, minus the 50-50 get-ups with his core circle forward light command grab. A lot has uh, changed, and you know my team has definitely flopped around and switched because of this. And I still play 16. 16 is still my anchor in case everything goes wrong. But before, I was playing Cell. I was playing Cell. Goku Black in 16. And I, I was still trying new new teams, new things. Uh, I don't like Goku Black that much. He feels strong as a character, but like I can't get into him. He's just... I, I don't know. For me, he's just too annoying to play. And like... He, he applies constant pressure, yes. He's one of the best characters in the game, yes. But I don't know. I just don't like the way he feels. And that could be my bias towards him as a uh, Dragon Ball character. I didn't like Goku Black at, uh, at all. But, hey. Still pretty good. And with Cell, I don't know why I dropped Cell. Um, he's a really good character. And there's stuff that I learned from from the pros playing Cell in the Corner, how to apply pressure. He's really good. But uh, I actually dropped both of those characters, and I started playing 21 as my point and uh, hit as my middle. And I used to, back when the game first came out, I was a Gohan and hit player. And I... I got pretty decent with uh, hit to where I moved him to point, but then I dropped him because there are other good points. But now having him as a middle is, if you don't know what point, middle, and anchor means, let me just explain that first. Point means, you know, you is your first character, the character that you put in to do the most, kind of like your poster boy you put them in first they do their thing you try to get as much damage out with them as possible preferably someone pressure heavy and combo heavy middle character can do what your point character and your anchor character your anchor character is basically the character you choose to put in when everything goes wrong so both two of your characters have died and you have this character left. Your middle character is a combination of the two. Puts on a lot of pressure, can combo very well, but can also save you from certain situations. And your anchor character is basically the everything went wrong in this game. I need to win sort of character. So I have Android 21. You know, insert thick comment here. As my point, hit as my mid, and I have 16 as my anchor still because 16 saves me from a lot of situations. 
uh, yeah, this patch is definitely is definitely great. It, it's not not great for sixteen players, but it's definitely great for everyone else who hated sixteen. Which, I mean, I, I think I thought he was a little overtuned, but I didn't think he deserved that much of an F. But you know, it happened. No more complaining about it. Have to adjust. And I have to say, I'm liking 21 quite well. She puts on a lot of pressure. One of her weaknesses, though, is that she is very, she is very squishy. And one or two combos, and she's pretty much dead. But she does dish out decent damage, and she her her tail is something else. Her tail has so much range. Her down heavy, or as I like to call it up tail it, it just it punishes almost everything I really think that she's pretty she's pretty strong well for me because I've been playing around with her and she's she's felt she's felt okay the only thing that I don't necessarily like is her level three which is really weird because you know Every Boo character has uh, some form of like candy mechanic where they turn you into candy and they eat you and uh, they deal damage, massive damage, and they heal for a bit. 21s, I think it should heal a bit more because it doesn't really give you that much HP. It gives you maybe like 20 or 30 HP. Which isn't really a lot. That's uh that's off the top of my head. I don't know the rough the rough amount it does. It might heal you for three hundred, it might heal you for but it seems like it's healing you for thirty. I feel like the that that mechanic should be changed. Whether or not they have to No, I, I just think that she deserves a buff. She deserves a her level three should heal her for a bit more because it doesn't heal for, for that much. It costs free meters. And like, if it doesn't kill, then like you're in a situation where like you've just used three meters just to use three meters to get away. And if your opponent's very pressure heavy and they vanish and get you into a combo, then like, what do you do? You just use three meters for no reason. Hit feels you know exactly the same they bug fixed him and i'm just loving playing hit now his all of his moves all of his utility it's like that character was just made for me along with 16 that character just feels just feels like that character that's just made for you you you, you have to play a fighting game and you play a character and you you just know like oh this is the one this is the character that's how hit and 16 feel for me he's really good applies so much pressure he does decent damage all of his moves kind of counter everything his standing heavy is still one of the best in the game his key blasts or special his counter mechanic is also 
really interesting and fun mechanic in the game to to use and yeah i'm very glad that i have hit 16 on the same team again they're characters who basically your opponent can't press buttons against because the moment they do they get punished and i'm feeling 21 is one of those characters as well where if you press the wrong button against 21 that is that is guaranteed at least 40 40 to 50% of your of your hp but yeah before i was angry at the patch you could probably hear it in my voice that i i just couldn't fathom that they would do something like that to to 16 and no one else but now sitting and reflecting the patch isn't it's not great but it's not awful 16 is not unplayable like I, I can still play 16 i can still do my combos with 16 it, it, it's okay yeah. <laughs> now going forward <laughs> what arc data needs to do is for future patches uh, one, they need to nerf Cell. Two, they need to nerf Goku uh, Black. He's just a problem. He, I know I, I said that I don't like Goku Black and I don't like playing Goku Black, but that's me. Goku Black doesn't feel like a me character. To the people who do play Goku Black, and are good with Goku Black. Goku Black does a lot. And he applies so much pressure. And that needs to be that needs to be hot fixed. That needs to be toned down. He is one of the best characters in the game. He is still destroying noobs. Cell don't press buttons in the corner. Like if you're in the corner, you you literally have to know what you're doing. Because cell cell will just keep you in the corner for for years. And there's nothing you can do about it. So they they, they need to do something about those two characters. I I feel like last bounce patch it was literally just fuck sixteen. <laughs> I don't care what you do. Fuck Android 16. Everyone doesn't need to play him. It's garbage. Fuck him. And everyone else just went. So what about Goku Black? What about Cell? All these characters that are top tier? No. They're like, their response was, you heard me. Fuck Android 16. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts moving forward. Um, what would I would like to see? Five things I would like to see in the next balance patch is give give Broly a buff. Broly buffs would be nice. Give eighteen a buff. Android eighteen buffs would be nice. I mean, it'd be wishful thinking to say give sixteen a buff. 
I'm going to let everyone simmer down on that. You know, give him give him a little something t- so he feels a little bit more at home. But, I mean, they're probably not going to. Nerf Cell, Nerf Goku, Black. Oh, I said five things. I'm pretty sure I just listed seven. Um... Fix Krillin's, I don't know why they made this so dumb where if you hold, you have a rock. I mean, if you hold, you get a sensu bean, but if you tap, you get a rock. And like, it, it, like, what's the difference? Like, I don't understand the difference between a tap and a hold at this point. It's, yeah, fix, fix Krillin's. Sensu Bean and Rock Mechanic, even though it's a bit better, like dedicate one of the, dedicate one of them to a button. That that's just my opinion. Um, buff Nappa for fuck's sake! They nerfed the damage on the explosion on the Cyberman. Like, okay, and then they buffed the Cyberman Topoke, which is. All right. I mean, Nappa's still garbage. He's rubbish. Like, put him in the bin. He he's absolute rubbish. I, I don't understand how they nerfed one of the worst characters in the game. Give Martian Boo a buff. He deserves one. I see the potential for this character, and they just they they're just not helping him whatsoever. I do like the uh, the changes that they made to Vegeta, Vegeta Blue, and I do like the nerf that they made to uh, Super Saiyan Vegeta, to where his assist no longer, you know, is the god tier assist of the game. So that feels nice. Final thoughts. Give free sixteen. Jail cell and Goku Black, and yeah, once they do those two things, I think I'm good again. But that's that's really how I feel about those two. Moving on to. Another game, which a patch just dropped yesterday, League of Legends. Patch 8.10 dropped yesterday, and before the patch was released, they actually rescinded a lot of things that they said they were going to release this patch. For example, if you play League of Legends, you know that they redone runes and masteries and combined them. We were getting a new keystone in the Domination tree line called Hail of Blades, which would be really good for ADCs, where the first three attacks on an enemy champion would give you massive attack speed. But no long but each auto attack time in between could not be longer than 1.5 seconds or else the keystone would end and that would be that. I was looking forward to this keystone because I feel like it would be 
absolutely disgusting on Udyr, who, if you can't guess, I, I main this champion. But they rescinded that, as well as some of the items. For example, Stormraiser, which was an item that if you have, haven't attacked uh, for four seconds, in the last five five to four seconds, then your next uh, auto-attack will be a critical strike. They've rescinded that. They're still working on it. As well as the new Essence Reaver, which... Basically, doesn't give you crit anymore, but gives you it gives you the attack damage. It gives you the cooldown reduction, but there is a new effect where critical strikes give you no, not critical strikes. I'm sorry. Where if you use your ultimate, then your base ability cooldown, your Q. W and E. There's something where like it, it, it the cooldown would be a lot faster, and it was broken on E, and they tested that on the patch and I uh, on the PBE, and I guess they were like, yeah, no, we're not releasing this. Uh, however, one thing that did make it through to eight point ten is the new jungle, in which basically. Jungle camps give you less experience at the early levels, but give you more experience in later later levels. This is levels what, one through seven, I believe. Now there's a new mechanic to Tariff Scuttle where it has more HP, but it gives you a lot more. It gives you more gold, I believe. When, when it kills and two spawn just like normal at like two minutes ten but after they're both killed then only one will spawn so they're trying to prioritize that as an, an actual objective as opposed to just something that you can kill as a ward and yeah, and something that gives you HP and mana. And they're trying to limit the amount of super, 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 super gank-heavy players, the ones that go out and make plays. And at first I thought Jungle was ruined, but uh, I, I've i been playing with it for, well, really just a day. And I kind of like the change. And I know a lot of people aren't going to like the change because a lot of people are more aggressive players than I am. And I'm just not that aggressive. I think this is good for farm junglers, such as like Shivana, even though I tried Shivana yesterday and she was... She was sheer trash. I'm not going to lie to you. She was trash. And before I was playing Ude, I was playing Shivana heavily. And Shivana doesn't feel good. Like, even with these new changes, she she feels a lot worse. Uh, Udir, on the other hand, he feels he feels all right. Well, he always feels all right in my opinion, but he feels okay now because 
now you instead of what I do now is which is the same thing that I did last patch is farm whatever camp that I start red or blue get that go straight to to a lane gank them at level two hopes for a flash or kill and if I get the kill then great if I don't get the kill great hopefully I get the flash and it works it still works level two gank works you go after you kill or burn flash or just apply pressure to that lane you take scuttle you take scuttle and then you go get your your third camp it is a it's an assignment and a half to clear the jungle though it's it's stupid because take like three or four camps and you're still not like level four that's kind of ridiculous but again they want junglers to stay in the jungle longer as opposed to applying so much pressure to lanes. So if you do apply pressure to a lane, you, you need to get that kill now or else you're just losing out on experience. And counter jungling is going to be huge because <laughs> I, I see, I played a game where I was maybe three to four levels ahead of the enemy the enemy Yi simply for the fact that I was in the jungle longer and he was he was trying to gank when he should have been farming and I would take all of his stuff and it it was bad. So I do hope that they find a balance because this is this is tipping towards a scale of if you don't farm and your jungler does your jungler is just going to become stronger than you unless you snowball with kills. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do to this patch. But regardless of that, I think I think the, the change is welcome for me. I'm more of a farm jungler anyways. Uh, I've been stepping away from jungle for, for a bit because I don't like uh, the amount of aggression that I have to use. And uh, really, I just need to learn. I just need to learn more. But other League of Legends news, new champion is coming out. Pike, the Blood Ripper. <laughs> Now I'm convinced that Riot doesn't know what they're doing and Riot doesn't know how to classify their champions because I see this champion and he's supposed to be a support. However, I like, I don't know if they're thinking ahead of time that, oh, we're releasing this champion to be a support, but he might have a potential here, like in the jungle or in a lane, because the reason why they classify him as a support, because 
his ultimate, which is an execute, by the way. This is the first support I've seen with an execute. It does damage, and if they're under a certain threshold and kills them, full gold responsibility will be handed to the person who got an assist. So, if you don't know what that means, when you get a kill in League of Legends, the person who gets the kill gets 300 gold, and the person who assists that person in getting the kill gets 150 gold. So, with Pike, his ultimate gives the person who got an assist to your kill an extra 150 gold. So, basically, you both get the kill. If that makes any sense. You're getting the kill on the stats, but they're getting the kill in gold reward. So, moving forward with that, that's the only thing that really keeps him as a support. His Q, his Q hook is... It's, it's a bit hard to land. So, his standing Q, where if you just tap it, as opposed to holding it so you can hook them. Does more damage. Does a slow. It's His kit doesn't feel very support. Is what I'm trying to get at. It feels more of jungle. It feels more of a lane. Because if you think about it. If someone goes jungle pike. And they're ganking bot lane all the time and he has his ultimate and he's getting a double kill every time that's 600 gold going to the jungler and 600 gold going to the to the ADC or support now best case scenario goes to the ADC the ADC gets even stronger but they didn't get a double kill So it's going to be interesting what will happen when he does get to live servers, but his kit is super assassin He can be a bruiser. You can build full HP on him, and he'll still walk the park. It's, it's, he might be a nightmare when he comes to live service. But... Yeah, one more thing about uh, the new jungle. I totally forgot to, to mention this, but I feel Warwick benefited the most from this new update. Now, I, I hate Warwick. Warwick played, like, literally, like, brain-dead Warwick is. He's the most brain-dead champion to use, he he's actually surpassed Yi when it comes to brain dead. He's actually surpassed Master Yi when everyone used to say that, oh Master Yi's such an easy champion to play, he's so brain dead. Warwick has surpassed that. He has been the top drunk the top win rate for two patches now. He can farm or he can be aggressive 
with this new jungle update where it caters to farm junglers. He can farm, get his items, get aggressive in the enemy jungle because his clear is pretty good. Go into the enemy jungle, possibly kill or take some of uh, the enemy jungle's farm. Then get even more aggressive towards the laners. So he's just... It's a win-win for Warwick. And that's... That's going to be scary to see what Warwick players are going to do. I'm probably going to start picking up Warwick again myself. I'm going to hate myself for it, but... You got to do what you got to do when you want to actually win the game. But with... Warwick and Pike and I mean League has been a meme for a while now so not surprised I I like that they're trying to change stuff and keep new things but at the same time like League is becoming less and less fun and less and less skill based in my opinion and more and more catered to people to just play the game. New people to play the game. And it's having the opposite effect because new people who do play the game. They're like, oh, it's fun. And then they play. Then they actually get into a game where, you know, Warwick cheese. And they're like, okay, that's pretty dumb. But yeah, League's a mess right now. So let's move on to Fortnite. Season four is here. I talked about Fortnite in the previous podcast. It's here again because, you know, Fortnite doesn't die. The new uh, legendary and epic three round burst rifle. Now my initial thoughts on on this is oh this is going to be this is going to be great. You know, the FAMAS is normally a really deadly weapon and I don't know. Like it'll be great when you get headshots and stuff like that. It's just I feel like why did they make the FAMAS so slow to fire? I feel like you know, 1.5 times that speed would be good. But if you hear the three-round burst and you, you know, you're shooting, it goes do-do-do. Oh, well. But in Fortnite, it's like do one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. And it's just it's just so slow. And if God forbid, like that's your only assault rifle and you need to shoot down like a build because an enemy player is building up on you and you don't have like a shotgun or an SMG, like God forbid, like that happens. It takes three bursts for a legendary a legendary assault three-round burst assault rifle to hit 
down one a wooden a wooden build. That's not good enough. I'm not saying make the make this weapon OP, but that's not good enough. It's a legendary weapon. Even if you're not gonna make the epic one do that, the legendary weapon should have that speed and that reliability. Honestly, I feel like it should one to two shot like builds. Maybe not one shot. Maybe that that'd be a little broken, but it should be able to two shot builds. It shouldn't three shot as a legendary weapon. That, that that's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, it's gonna be a shorter uh, Fortnite segment. Just want to talk about that. Dusty, you know, is the new tilted. Everyone knew knew that. Everyone knows that. And uh, let's talk about the, the the space crystals. Or shout out to Nice. Uh, nice likes to call them uh, space crack. If you ever played League and played Malzahar, then you know what I'm about to call them. Space aids. Holy shit. Like, what is that mechanic, dude? I feel like that. that's... It's a nice mechanic, but, like, at the same time, it's a bit aids. But, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Moving forward to our next game, let's talk about God of War. If you don't know what God of War is, then you've never had a PlayStation. You've lived under a rock. Or you're just on the wrong podcast because, you know, Music and Madness was four days ago. This is gaming and anime. But anyways, the God of War franchise, which was released back in the PlayStation 2 days, recently got... I wouldn't say a reboot, more like an update, where instead of taking place in Greek mythology, Kratos, the main character of the story, takes a crack on Norse mythology. Now, I don't want to go through the whole game and explain to you the whole game. I just want to break down some parts of the ending and talk about whether I see sequel potential and what I would like to see in that sequel. Now, if you've played the whole game through and you've played the ending, Kratos and Atreus, his son, or as everyone else likes to call him, boy, they finally get to Jotunheim and they get to the highest peak in all the nine realms and they spread phase ashes across the uh, across the realm. Cool. And if you, if you wait a little bit more, you get a secret ending where Ragnarok is about to begin, and Thor comes to face Kratos and a, and Atreus, who. Is Loki, by the way, which I don't know if anyone saw that coming, 
But there was a certain point in the game. I'm not going to tell you which point. I want you to play the game for yourself. Although saying that I've already spoiled the ending of the game, so I might as well tell you. There's a point where on their journey to open the passage to Jotunheim, uh, Kratos calls Atreus cunning. And that's when I kind of put together that Atreus was Loki, Fae was a giant, all that. I'm excited to see some of the updates. I totally lost track. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, I, I was supposed to talk about the whole secret ending. Thor comes to fight, to confront Atreus and uh, Kratos, and he has Mjolnir, which is his hammer in his hand, ready for a fight, ready to take on Ragnarok, basically. Now, sequel potential? It's definitely there. It definitely could be epic. I feel like out of all the God of Wars, this one was the most training wheels based. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it was easy, especially if you played it on God of War difficulty, which I'm currently playing through a God of War difficulty right now to little success. But it definitely felt like the game did help you along the way. Although it is a perfectly fine game, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're you're being tested to like your end. And like you could see that through the story. It wasn't as it wasn't as bad as the previous God of Wars. And that's a good thing because now what I hope they don't do moving forward is I don't I hope they don't change a lot of the of the mechanics that they've implemented in this game because we've already had to adjust to the to the new mechanics, which are well done by the way. Whoever came up with that idea, like salute to you because I honestly don't even miss the old mechanics whatsoever. So well done. Um, I do miss being able to jump as Kratos though. And it's very weird not being able to jump. So I don't know if they're going to make you able to jump in the next one. Maybe they're doing a whole f- The Last of Us thing where, you know, Joel's too old to jump across, you know, a basic platform. Maybe. I don't know. But moving forward, I hope... I do see a sequel potential, and I hope they do make a sequel. Maybe it's under already under development. Uh, I don't know. But what I would like to see is... Obviously, they're leaning towards a Thor fight. I'd like to see 
Atreus show signs of being more Loki. In the next one, uh, I'd like to see Atreus maybe aged a bit more. You know, maybe like two, three years older. Maybe he's a teenager at this point with like longer hair. He carries around, you know, not not exactly a sword, but a a decent sized enough blade, you know, a little bit longer than a dagger, but a little bit shorter than a sword. Uh, bow. Like to see him like be a master of the bow. In the next one, and. Who'd I like to see him fight? Ooh. That's difficult. Obviously, they're setting up so that you fight Odin at the end. And, you know, you're fighting Thor. I don't know. I don't know. Who I'd like to see them fight. Like the boss battles would be absolutely unreal. <laughs> you know what? Like they're just going to have to surprise me, I guess. But that's all uh, on God of War. And that's all for this gaming segment. Well, I talked for for quite a bit. So I will see you when we transition into anime. And I've already talked about what anime that we're going to be discussing in my last 15 minutes or second to last before the finale. One of those two. But yeah, I will see you there. Thank you for listening to the gaming segment of this gaming and anime podcast. I will see you when we transition into anime. Hello. Welcome to the anime segment of the show. Uh, This week we'll be talking about four out of five anime, only because uh, Black Clover, that episode had a lot of information in it. And I kind of want to give it its own segment. And I feel like I'll be talking about it for more than 10 minutes. So we're still going to be talking about four others. My Hero Academia, Boruto, Tokyo Ghoul Re, and High School DxD. Because those were, those had a little bit less information than the other episodes. And they're in the middle of an arc, so... Each episode feels a little shorter and we get a little taste of what's happening next. But we're going to start off with My Hero Academia. And this is one of my favorite episode animes. And it's, it was a pretty good episode. So to recap, at the ending of the last episode Midoriya is running to rush to save Bakugo and Todoroki however he's hit by 
one of Tokoyami's attacks with the Dark Shadow because he loses control of it due to his anger. So, Midoriya and Shoji work together to free Tokoyami from Dark Shadow from Dark Shadow as well as go and help Todoroki and Bakugo killing two birds with one stone by having by making noise around the forest and having Tokiami's Dark Shadow chase them straight to Bakugo and Todoroki who then frees him by activating their fire powers and Bakugo's explosion quirk making light bright enough to calm Dark Shadow down so that Tokoyami can regain control over his quirk. However, on in another part of the forest, Sue and Ochako have to deal with a crazy psycho needle chick who is a huge Stain fan, Stain the hero killer. And she, I don't know if she has a crush on him or if she just is just a fan of him. But because Stain's quirk derives mainly from ingesting his opponent's blood, she has a kit where she throws a needle or she sticks someone with a needle and she draws their blood. However, we soon find out later on in the episode that she was required to connect to collect blood samples from at least three different students. However, before she's able to do so, Midoriya's group with Todoroki under control saves the day. They talk and they fill in with one another how they need to protect Bakugo and how they have this whole formation with Shoji Todoroki in the front Bakugo in the middle and Tokiyami in the back however you know they they talk and they notice that Bakugo is missing as well as Todoroki and the group realizes that they had been taken by a villain named Mr. Compress, but we're just going to call him Magic Man, who has some sort of compression quirk where he can compress people, objects, and things into small sizes and hold them in little capsules. So he takes Bakugo and he takes Tokoyami. He reveals that they're after Bakugo, which they already knew, but not as an assassination target. As someone that they want to recruit into the League of Villains because they feel his quirk shouldn't be wasted on the hero side. So Magic Man then takes this. Before they can attack, he's already running, flying. <laughs> I don't know what to call it, but he's... He's zooming through the forest and they the, the students can't catch up with him. 
So Midoriya comes up with a ridiculous plan to catch up with Mr. Compression. Where basically he takes... Sue uses her tongue. And Ochako uses her quirk to lighten Shoji, Midoriya, and Todoroki. Lighten all three of them so that Sue can throw them as far and as hard as she can. And then when the time comes, Ochako releases her quirk, which makes things lighter or able to float. And they shoot like a bullet to catch up to him. Now, as they're doing this, we then cut to Yayorozu and because I forget his name, I'm just going to call him Weldman. They're fighting a Nobu-like creature and they're about to die. But the mission had been accomplished. So it's being called back. Yayorozu creates a tracking device, tells Welding Man to slap on this device on him and weld it into him. He does. And we then cut to Mr. Compression meeting up with Dabi as well as Crazy Needle Chick from the League of Villains. They all converse and compare notes report to each other when Midoriya who looks pissed Todoroki and Shoji all land on Mr. Compression <laughs> having caught up with him and that's when the credits roll so my initial thoughts are this was a I, I like this arc a lot because most animes you see training, training for something, they, they conquer an adversary, and then they have to train for another thing. I like that this whole training arc has been kind of broken, where, no, 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 we're going to catch you before you you're ready to fight us so you better be ready now to fight us and if you're not ready well too fucking bad and that's what i'm taking from this from this whole arc in general it's been non-stop suspense from start to finish and whenever one problem gets resolved another problem arises so i really enjoy this arc i feel like There's so much to be done, and I'm very curious because Midoriya is already injured. And he shouldn't be moving around, but he says he's fine. So I really am excited to see what they're going to pull out of the bag for, for next week's episode. And yeah, that's, that's all for, uh, for my hero. And with that, we move on to High School DXD. A bit of a uh, 
this was kind of a an episode where there there was a lot of a lot of action but seemingly short at the same time yeah this episode a bit rushed and a bit dry and it was still it was still a decent episode but it definitely kind of seemed as if this was filler but they wanted to convey some sort of information so first thing is we have mr shadow guy making a reappearance in high school dxd and he he's fighting isei isei has little fox girl with him man i really need to <laughs> need to remember some of these characters names I think her name is I think her name is like Kunon or something but anyways not important picks a fight with Issei and at first Issei is you know the whole oh I definitely got this and then shadow shadow guy has a new ability where he gets armor and normal attacks don't phase him little fox girl decides you know what i'm going to use foxfire and i'm going to throw it at him and hit him which gives isei the idea to use dragonfire which i had no idea he had that ability because i haven't seen it in high school dxd so thus far or i don't remember seeing it but after they beat this dude he meets up with the rest of the devils and angel and goddess goddesses that are on his side where they face Sao Sao, I think that's how you pronounce it. Sao Sao's group and they go over the their goal. They stole Fox Girl's mother because she has they want to draw out the nine-tailed fox. You heard me right. This is not Naruto. This is not Boruto. But bear with me. They want to draw out the nine tails and use its power to bring to bring a an entity from the dimensional gap. A very powerful entity from the dimensional gap. Now, Issei and the group are all like there's no way we're letting that happen and they all prepare to fight and i'm this is probably the most impressive looking group of villains i've ever seen they all break off and they all decide to fight someone one person actually fought two people Zenovia and Kiba decide they're going to fight the sword user and his balance break was he gets two four extra arms and he has two other swords so he has six swords that that are powerful he has a demon sword he has an angelic sword a sword of light so that he can fight devils 
just a crazy guy. We don't really get to see much of the fight. Like I said, this was kind of a... This wasn't a very action-heavy episode. The main thing was Issei and Sao Sao, and you could really see that, but they were cutting to everyone else's balance break. There was one guy who kind of reminded me of Bakugo because he his balance break was basically was his arms became grenade launches and i was like i mean that's kind of boring and there were two other balance breaks but they, they weren't really important like this this episode was felt rushed didn't really get much detail so everyone starts using their their balance break and Issei monologue you know, asking Chao Sao if he's stronger than Vali. He's saying blah blah blah, I don't really know, but I'm not weak even though I'm of the weak human race, blah blah blah. But anyways, they start fighting. Issei uses his uh, balance break, becomes the Red Dragon Emperor. And meanwhile they're fighting, all the other fighters come back because they defeated all of the heroes. All the heroes get defeated, even the angel, even the goddess. Everyone gets defeated except Issei. However, that being said, Issei was on the verge of being defeated as well, being impaled with a holy light spear and has to use a phoenix tear on top of Asya healing him to recover. Then, you know, the whole hero complex where the odds are against him, he needs to break out of a tough spot, and he remembers, he remembers something that Azazel tells him. Saying that he has unlimited potential and he needs to use it. So he unleashes his potential, which is the power of boobs. You heard me right, the power of boobs. Creates an army of. This is a really bad anime to watch. <laughs> if you're under if you're under a certain age. Summons an army of molesters who combine their strength and he gets to summon the ultimate boob, which he desires. Which turns out to be, surprise, surprise, President Rius Gremory. So the boob dragon uses his powers of boobs to summon Rius. And that's where the episode ends. Thoughts on the episode? It was alright. It was alright. It was it wasn't anything crazy. I'm not really sure the direction that they're taking. Hero. Hero is the subcategory of the of high school DXD. It's called high school DXD hero. I'm not really sure where they're taking it. Uh this arc has potential, no pun intended. But Right now, it's just kind of 
a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit everywhere. So I'm not really sure where they're going with it. I hope it does get better. Uh, I really do. But that's all for that. On to Tokyo Ghoul. Now the start, the story in this anime is starting to pick up very, very nicely. And this is what I wanted. We didn't get a high action one as we did in the last one. Because everyone needs to recover in this one. We recoup the damages and whatnot. But anyways, let's let's get into the start of the episode. Start of the episode. Those who need to be defeated are defeated. And there's a monologue from Akira. Blah, blah, blah. Arima shows up to dispose of Hinami. And she basically, you know, accepts her death. When Haise, or Kaneki, uh, begs not just spare her like it's not a problem if I take custody of her is it Arima backs off Kaneki or Haise takes custody of Hinami which you know dramatic irony because he doesn't remember that anyways because of this huge success that CCG has a lot of people are getting promoted mainly Queen Squad because they had a huge help in disposing of Big Madam, the Nutcracker, as well as stopping ghouls from intercepting a Kagune steel transport. And, you know, Heisei is just, he's just a boss and he gets relatively decent information on the owl so everyone in queen squad is getting promoted and the promotion goes as follows psycho and ginshi go from third grade to second grade toro and yurie go from second grade to first grade heisei goes from first grade to senior investigator which is huge for him akira goes from senior investigator to associate special investigator Suzia, who's one of my favorites, goes from associate special investigator to special investigator, and everyone else I don't care about. So I, I like, I only said the ones that I think are more important to the show. Everyone in King Squad, Juzo Suzia, because he was in both Tokyo Ghoul and in Tokyo Ghoul Re. Akira, because same reason. And in this episode, you really see that Akira and Arima both have a good relationship with Heisei. Now, I'm not sure if they're... I'm not sure if they're doing this because they were assigned to do this. But the relationship that... Uh, that... Kaneki or Kaisei has between these two characters is like extremely beautiful because I guess they see that Kaisei who was Kaneki 
Kaneki's not really a bad dude. And even though his situation was, you know, he was experimented on and he became half ghoul, so he understands ghoul life. They understand his human side, how kind hearted he is, and how much of a father figure he is to Queen Squad being their leader. So they all celebrate their promotions by having dinner and this is when you really get to see how close they are because Heisei invites Akira and Arima to his house which Akira I understand she's his superior she kind of comforts him and guides him on how to survive CCG and direction he needs to take in order to become stronger and how to do his job effectively. Arima is the reaper of CCG. But he's also Heisei's mentor which is unreal because I didn't know Heisei, uh, I didn't know Heisei was that close to not only train with him but be close friends and get gifts for so we definitely get to see that relationship aspect in this episode everyone has a good time everyone just enjoying their promotion this was a very comic relief sort of episode where okay one arc's kind of finished now we get a bit of a breather and then we have a little bit of calm before you know the storm before the next arc before you know things happen and right at the end we see Urie you know getting a, a checkup he's now unlocked his fourth phase of his Kagune which he should be at three, but you know, he lost control and he got to unlock his fourth. And we we start slowly seeing little weaknesses, little progressions and maturity as a character. And he as he's going out, he's leaving his checkup. Ginchi is going to visit a patient and we see Urie eavesdrop. Ginchi is talking to a patient who's unconscious, has Hagune all over his face, saying that, hey, you'd be proud, like I made it to second grade investigator. Um, my pay is higher, like we don't know who this person is. But I assume we will find out as the series progresses. This episode... This was a very well-timed episode, in my opinion. I don't think there could be much action after that. Especially with Al Giddy retreating in general. This was a good, hey, let's take a break. Let's calm down for a bit. 
let's reflect on the circumstances and then let's move forward so i am happy with this episode i'm happy and i'm starting to become more happy with tokyo ghoul in general at first i was a little a little shaky and a little disappointed because they tease you and then they bring it back and then they tease you and they bring it back and then in last episode we were like kaneki's back kaneki's back but no it's still heisei in control but kaneki is very much alive in his head at this point so overall i think the series is progressing well i do hope that it speeds up a bit though but yeah i'm excited on to the final show for this segment boruto and oh my goodness we're finally almost <laughs> up to the part where we are in the movie where the movie ended off we're about the big of the movie kind of where we are now in the tuning exams which finally finally i i can't express how excited i am that they're in the tuning exams especially seeing the the tuning exams for for naruto i actually rewatched that i'm excited i'm excited so obviously recap of last episode team seven or should i say new team seven make it through the second round they win the capture of the flag event boruto cheated uh, i don't know how it would have been otherwise but they make it and they advance to the third round which is individual 1v1s and naruto wow i'm so used to watching naruto that i called him naruto boruto sorry is up against the bubblegum user from the hidden sound yes from the hidden sound yurui now you know when the when it starts hand-to-hand -hand combat they seem pretty even boruto seemed a little faster and yuri is very cocky confident saying you know what you're going down here boruto's just like bro you're kind of being annoying and yuri's like oh oh yeah well how do you how do you like this you know, starts using his ability chakra infused bubblegum that explodes i think is i think it's dumb and cool at the same time i think it's it's a creative like ability like i'm, I'm like let, let's not get that mixed up let's not get it twisted it's a very it's a very unique ability and i'm glad that they have more unique abilities and not like just carbon copies of like the old abilities everything we've seen you know in the hidden leaf so yuri can not only summon one but he can summon multiple so he backs boruto up into a corner 
and Boruto's like, you know, that won't affect me, whatever. He hits it, it explodes. He throws a shuriken at it, it explodes. So he comes at to, to a second crossroads where he either does tries his best and wins or he cheats and wins and he goes with option B where he cheats by using the ninja tool grabs that shoot again throws it and obviously when it gets to a certain point it spins faster so that it bends more hits Yurui in the mouth or hits his gum and the gum explodes on his mouth onto his face pause like <laughs> you take that however you will but he long story short he cheated his way to victory he took the first match and we move on to Shikadai versus Yodo of the Hidden Sand now immediately when I saw this I'm thinking I'm calling this right now Shikadai marries Yodo. I really hope I didn't butcher her name. Shikadai marries that girl. I'm calling it right now. All the 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 bad attitude, the somewhat near similar style of wind, but it's more sound and frequency. Shikarai is going to marry that girl. Guys kind of go for women who are like their mothers, but you know, they can't have their mother because you know, allow that intestine. I'm calling it right now. They're getting married by the time that they're adults. Unless they both die or one of them dies, in which case I would have been wrong. It. Yoro was proving to be a very tough opponent however Shikadai is very smart realizes that she has very 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 sharp hearing and used that against her outweighed her hit her with shadow paralysis and that was the end of that the rest of the of the fights I didn't even put the the opponents on because they pretty much just got beat besides Inojin. Inojin was a little bit cocky. He got way too big for his boots and yeah he, he ultimately got beat by his opponent. Sarada, oh my lord. The amount of badass on this girl when they're like Hey Sarada, do your best. She goes, yo, three seconds. And she beat that girl in three seconds. I almost felt bad. But yeah. And of course, Mitsuki is... We already know he's... Already tuning level. Almost joining level. So, yeah. And that's pretty much wraps up the end of the episode. Obviously, we're progressing through the tuning exams. We're getting closer and closer to the point where Boruto and Naruto 
confront each other or naruto confronts boruto on his scientific ninja tool usage that's gonna wrap it up for this anime segment of gaming and anime if you did enjoy this entire episode feel free to subscribe favorite this podcast get this out to as many people as possible share it with your friends you can also follow me on instagram at once bitten underscore twice shy i will post whenever i have a new episode up so you can look out for that also on tumblr at z-w-e-i-a-m-a ghost follow me on tumblr you'll also get notified when whenever i post and that wraps it up for this episode remember once bitten twice shy third time's a charm it's been great god bless see you guys later